God, we just thank you this morning, Father God. We thank you as we gather in your name this morning, Father God. And we know that where one or two are gathered there, you are in the midst, Father God. And we just thank you this morning, Father God. We thank you for each and every one here today. We thank you for ones that will be listening later, Father God. And we just want to give you praise, honor, and glory this morning as we, we go into this message, Father God. We ask that you bless the messenger, Father God, and each and every one of us here today, Father God. Father God, we just want you to to, to show yourself to us, Father God, that we know that you are here, Father God, but we want you to show yourself this morning, Father God, and so we can just give you more praise and, and more honor and more glory, Father God, and we just thank you, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone say amen. 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 So, Dr. Carson, we're ready for some praise and worship music this morning. I'm going to share the word with you this morning. I want to talk about prayer. You know, prayer is so important. It's such a long, uh, extensive subject, and I never get... Uh, weary of talking about prayer because I know how important it has been in my life and I've seen God answer the prayers that uh, uh, I put before his throne and uh, so we just always like to share about prayer so that's what we'll be talking about this morning uh, with you all so Father God we thank you we thank you because your word is true. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you do for us and how you hear and answer our prayers. And so we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning, pleading the precious blood of Jesus Christ and yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through my mouth and think through my mind. And whatever the will of God is, that it would go forth in the power and demonstration of your spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that ears are anointed to hear and hearts are open to receive. And we give you praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at in the uh, uh Scripture, we'll look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. That's the scripture. And so we're blessed to have a father. We are blessed to have a heavenly father who uh, is in heaven, who can always, we can always approach him with confidence. And especially when uh, we have a need, when we have a need for a miracle, or we have a need for a blessing. And the important thing to remember is that God has, has never forgotten what we asked him to do for us. He has never forgotten about you or me. And he's never abandoned us. He has always been there. We go away and we stray away, but he never does. So the Bible tells us that uh, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. 
do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And again, that's Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. God has also promised to answer every prayer according to his marvelous grace. And so he does answer our prayers. He does uh, listen to our prayers. And uh, so we need to understand that he has made us that promise. And his infinite, powerful, and uh, uh, ability is marvelous grace. Uh, and we just thank God for his faithfulness because he's faithful. The scripture says that he is faithful through all generations. And so we thank God for his faithfulness this morning. And then our attitude should be one of confidence. We should have an attitude of implicit confidence that if he's able to do uh, uh, what we ask him to do, we need to believe that. We need to believe that he's able to do immeasurably. That's what the scripture says, more than we can ask or even imagine. We can't even imagine how much God can do for us and how uh, marvelous he is, how great he is, and the ability that he has to provide us with miracles. So according to his, the, the scripture says that he can do uh, more than we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is in, at work in us. And we say that a lot at Bread of Life, that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. And so when we look at that, scripture alone, it gives us hope, it gives us uh, faith that God is able, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And then we, we often just uh, neglect to ask God for miracles in our life. Oftentimes we just neglect to let God help us. We don't believe that he can help us. Oh, God, this is too serious. You can't help me. Nobody can help me. Well, I tell you, if God can't help you, nobody else can. So why not try God? Because he is able to provide us with miracles. And he is able to take care of situations that we believe are hopeless. He is a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. And so we often settle for less. We settle for less than God's best for us because we don't ask him. We don't even consider, well, I wouldn't worry God with that. I've had people tell me, well, I won't worry God with that kind of thing. Well, God is not worried, number one. And number two, there's nothing that is too hard for him. He says that in his word, that nothing's too hard for him to do. And so why not try God? One while we had that on uh, bracelets and uh, charms that we uh, put on a chain around our neck, try God. Well, I want to revive that this morning and say whatever it is that you need today, 
try God because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all to ask the thing. And the truth is, we can always approach God with confidence. We can trust in his son, Jesus Christ. We can trust in him. God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would repent. That's what the word of God tells us. So we can trust him. You know, oftentimes human beings let us down. They disappoint us. Uh, and we get discouraged because we put our faith in him. But we, in them, we need to put our faith in him. We need to put our faith in God. And we also know that prayer has incredible power to change things. You know, there's an old song that says prayer changes things. And, you know, it's true. Prayer changes things. What's going on doesn't have to continue to go on if we will allow ourselves the opportunity to talk to God about it. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is talking to him. We are talking to him about what's going on in our lives. And, you know, and then thanking him for it. That's the other thing. The thanking part says that we trust God enough and we believe in him enough that we trust him to answer whatever our request is, as long as it lines up with the word of God. Now, I don't believe in those witchcraft prayers, I call them. When you want God to kill somebody or get rid of somebody in a horrible way, that's not God's way of handling. Stuff. But he says that he'll make your enemies your footstool. He said he'll make your enemies to be at peace with you. So you can certainly talk to God about those things, but you can certainly expect him to be God in every situation. He is not going to do the devil's way of handling stuff. So you have to understand that. And so we can always approach God with confidence. We can trust and his son, Jesus Christ. And we also know that prayer has an incredible power to change things. I repeat that because I really want us to understand that this morning. So we're going to talk about some reasons prayer changes everything. We're going to just talk about some reasons. So prayer is a powerful tool for communicating with our Heavenly Father. And it's an opportunity to become one with our creator and the giver of all things, all good things. God is the giver of all good things. And prayer helps us to find strength for today and hope for our future. And we should always pray and trust in his power, trust in his power to change our circumstances for good. So we need to remember that we need to trust God and trust in his power to do good, to, to, to change our circumstances for the good, not for the bad, but for the good. So your faith life directly correlates to the quality of your prayer life. I want to say that again. So your so your excuse me so your faith 
is directly correlated to the quality of your prayer life. So as we pray and as we study God's word, our faith increases, our faith becomes stronger. So prayer has the power to change not only the people and the things around us, but when we are in need of strength, we can get that strength. We can remember that God is the number one healer, and he can guide you in endless ways. And if your heart and life are centered on God, his word and his Holy Spirit, uh, you can rest assured that he's going to direct your path. So what we're saying is, is that we need to have the faith and we need to understand that God is the number one healer. So when we ask for healing, we can get that. And God does it his way. We have to understand that because we want to dictate to him how it happens and what happens. But God is a healer and he will remember uh, the word says he will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask for that. When we're in need of strength, God has uh, the ability to give us that strength. And uh, we need to understand that we have to keep our hearts uh, and our minds centered on him. If we do that, he's going to make sure uh, that we stay connected and that our faith is built up and that uh, he will direct our path. You see, that's the key there. Some of us want God to let us run wild and go down the wrong street and go down the wrong uh, way and then he, we want to be rescued. Well, God will rescue us. He's such a merciful God. But we need to learn how to follow the directions. We need the directions. Yesterday, I was going over to Dr. Carlson's house, and she's living in a place that I'd never been before. So, of course, I have this wonderful device on my phone that will guide me. Uh, you know, in the right direction and tell me when to make a turn and make an exit. But somehow my device wasn't working. And so I had to keep calling her to make sure that I was able to get to her house without getting lost. And she would give me the right directions. Well, we need to do that with God and regarding our lives. You know, he has the roadmap for our lives. And we need to allow him to give us the right directions. We need to understand that. So many of us are facing impossible situations where we need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough in our lives. And yet most of us sit and wait for God to make it happen. And then we wonder why it is that we don't experience the breakthrough as often or as fast as we'd like. You see, we sit there. Faith is an action word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What we need to know is breakthrough uh, comes. Uh, we need to know that breakthrough is not something that we sit around and wait for. 
we need to understand that breakthrough is God's waiting on us to respond in obedience to what he has already commanded. You see, we have to do our part. It's an action word. So we need to respond in obedience to what God has already commanded and already promised. So breakthrough happens when we pray and trust God for outcome. Breakthrough happens when we say that we're going to trust that God is going to supernaturally, and I love that word, supernatural. Now, we think that that's a word that goes along with some foolishness that the world has developed. But supernatural, supernatural uh, 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 manifestations are what God can do. God is going to supernaturally do what is impossible. God does the breakthrough, but he's waiting for us to take that first step of faith. We need to take a, a step of faith. Example is the children of Israel got ready to cross, uh, you know, the, the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is chasing them. Moses is leaving them. And if you'll remember from that film, that demonstrates that so perfectly, the Ten Commandments, who is a, that's an old film. I, that, that film came out when I was a teenager, believe me. I'm not even close to being a teenager, as y'all well know. But the sea parted, God parted the sea so that the Israelites could get away from those Egyptians that Pharaoh sent after them. He was with them. Pharaoh's army, we sing that song. Uh, so what we need to understand that God can do the impossible. And he does it his way. I almost have to say that because we want to dictate to him how he does that. God is not going to let us dictate to him because we can't see our way around the corner. We can't even tell you what's going on around the corner. We have to stop at the stop sign and look both ways because we don't know if it's a car coming or not. So we need to understand that God directs, he gives us instruction, and by faith, we follow those instructions to get our breakthrough. And so we have to believe God's goodness. We have to know that God has already willed the breakthrough for our lives. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. So praying that God's will uh is, uh, is walking by faith, praying that God will unleash the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, has enormous power. You see, the Holy Spirit has power. And when we allow him freedom in our lives, that power is used. Uh, we, can, we can have that power, and uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, He's our key teacher. He's the one that comes alongside to help us. So Jesus placed great emphasis on the Holy Spirit. He actually uh, told the, the disciples it was better for them if he would leave so that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us it is that Jesus said it is expedient for you that I go away. He said, it's expedient for you that I go away and that I'll send you another comforter. 
And so Jesus went to Calvary. He was crucified. He died. He was buried and resurrected on the third day. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday just to remind us of what happened there. But in his place, he said, I'll send you another comforter. And of course, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit made his uh, debut uh, here on earth. But if you want to know where to find that scripture that Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth is expedient for you that I go away. Look at the gospel of John 16, chapter 16, verse 7. And so even in his resurrected body, Jesus can only be in one place at one time. So the Holy Spirit, however, can be everywhere. You see, that's what we need the Holy Spirit for, because he can be with me, he can be with you, he can be everywhere. And so we thank God for the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, uh, when he was departing, that it was to our advantage. He said, it's expedient that I know. So Jesus wants all men and women to experience a relationship with him through the omnipresence of the Holy Spirit. The omnipresence of the Holy Spirit. And this benefit is just the top of the iceberg. There's more. You know, that commercial says, and there's more. Well, there's more. The Bible tells us, for I do not go away. Uh, uh, the counselor will not come to you. If I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's John 16 and 7, the gospel of John. 16 and 7. So here Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. So by trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're getting to know God on earth. The Holy Spirit is the expression of God's inner nature. So we need to understand that. And so it's easy to talk and present our request to God but it's a lot harder to listen to what God's telling us. Truly listening to God is an art that requires training and discipline. And let me just say to you, listening is a hard thing for human beings to learn because we always are thinking ahead of what we're going to answer when we're having a conversation with people. So listening becomes very important when you're receiving direction and instruction from the Holy Spirit, from the, the Spirit of God. And so as a chaplain, I am an ordained minister of the gospel, but I'm also trained in, to be a chaplain. And I do uh, offer my services as a chaplain for the San Mateo County uh, Correctional uh, Institutions. And also, I have been uh, involved with Santa Clara County Correctional Institution, have a real desire to reach out to those that are in the state correctional facilities. But so far, that, that door has not really opened up yet. But what I'm saying is, as a 
training as a chaplain, uh, one of the key things that you're taught is listening. Not so much talking. Yes, you're going to pray for that person. Yes, you're going to encourage. But listen. Listen to the unspoken cues. People tell you things about themselves, and some of it is unspoken. In other words, it's not just I have a problem and blah, 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 but they tell you in another way what the problem is. And so we need to learn to have good listening skills, not to for somebody else, but so that we can hear <clears throat> the spirit of God when he is speaking to us, when he is manifesting himself to us. So it's very difficult to hear God's voice when we are listening to each other uh, and listening to each other's voice and not following his voice. So the writer of Hebrews, who believed was the apostle Paul, tells us, we can train our ears to recognize the voice of God above all noise. We can train ourselves. And so we need to understand that. But what we have to understand is solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by the reason of, of age, uh, those by the reason of use, have their senses uh, exercised to discern both good and evil. That's Hebrews chapter 5, 14. You see, you got to have your ears trained to hear and know the difference. That word discern means to know the difference between good and evil because you're not going to hear any evil from God. We need to know that what we hear from God is always going to be good. So we have to understand and be able to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to us and to recognize his ways. Uh, he is speaking and working through us. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him listen and let him uh, consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. That's Matthew chapter 13, verse 9, and that's the amplified translation of the Bible. Now, we use several translations of the Bible to try to make it easier for people to understand the Word of God. And so the original text uh, uh, was uh, uh, Greek and Hebrew, so that text was translated into English by King James. So we had the King James Version. We've had that version for many years. But then we have some other translations, so not other translations, but other versions that have simplified uh, talk. The, 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 the scripture is written in everyday English so that we can understand it. It's been translated from Hebrew, the Old Testament, and from Greek, the New Testament, into an 
English that is that we can understand. You see, the King James translation was written in Old English. And so some of the words there that were translated were not translated uh, to a language that we use today. You see, we don't use the thou and, and, and so forth. So we need to have it so we can understand it. So one of the translations that I use and that was encouraged, uh, I was encouraged to use while I was uh, training at Raymond Bible Training College is the Amplified Translation. And so when you read the Amplified Translation, it gives you a, a better understanding of what's being said in the scripture. So that scripture I just read to you uh, uh, was the Amplified Translation. He who has ears to hear, let him be listening. Let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. And Matthew chapter 13 and 9 it's the scripture that was being discussed there. So if you look in the King James translation, it won't read like that. But if you look up, uh, look at the Amplified translation, you'll get a better understanding. And because we have these wonderful devices now, we can go online and find all of the different translations of the scripture. So you can go on your device and go uh, to the Bible translations and look up the Amplified Translation if you so choose, and it will help you better understand what the scripture is saying. So, uh, you know what? We need to listen to God. It requires patience and praying to God, Decide, and it builds patience. It requires patience, but it builds patience. And some days it's a lot harder to be patient, but when we're bringing our concerns to the Lord again and again, we grow tired of waiting and soon begin to feel like our prayers are failing, are falling, excuse me, prayers are falling on deaf ears. And so we need to uh, understand that often our desire is to take control and just do the best we can. It's our fleshly reaction to the silence. And we know Galatians chapter 5 tells us that patience, uh, it lists patience as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It tells us that faith is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we can confess our desire to rule our own lives. And we can ask the Spirit to fill us empowering and directing us even when we continue to wait on the Lord. We receive the strength by being filled with the Spirit and trusting in God's promises. As Christians, we know that the ultimate, uh, the ultimate uh, uh, source of patience lives within us. Our role is to trust that the Holy Spirit does live within us. We got to invite the Holy Spirit to live in us and be active in us. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit then 
will help us. You see, the Holy Spirit is not ever going to uh, take over. God is not an officer. And so his spirit is never going to just come in and decide this is the way it goes. Uh, We're under grace. We're not under the law. Under the law, people just had to do what they had to do. And if they didn't, they got in serious trouble. Sometimes their lives were taken. They had their hands cut off, whatever. But we're not living under the law. We're living under grace. And so God allows us to accept or reject. And so the Holy Spirit is not rude. He is not going to make you do anything. I hear people saying that prayer. Lord, make me do so-and-so. Well, you'll never get it because he is not an oppressor. The one that is the oppressor is the one that is discussed in John chapter 10, verse 10. The the enemy, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the oppressor, not God. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So we need to remember that. So in Galatians chapter 5, it lists patience as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we confess our desire to rule our own lives. We ask the Spirit to fill us and empowering and directing us, even as we continue to wait on the Lord. We receive the strength by getting filled with the Spirit and trusting in God's promises. As a Christian, we know that the ultimate source of patience lives within us. Our role is to trust the Holy Spirit that lives in within us and ask him for strength to persevere in whatever situation we find ourselves. That's what we need to do. So I'm just about done here, but I want to let say to you when when we pray to God, we surrender ourselves to him. When we surrender uh, our lives to God, we are following his lead without knowing where he's sending us. You know, Abraham, God told Abraham to go. That's Old Testament. He told Abraham to go, and he didn't tell Abraham what, where to go. And what to do, he just said, go. And Abraham followed God's instruction, and God ordered his steps to the place where he wanted him to go. So the other thing we need to know is that when God is sending us someplace, timing is very important. So you're waiting on God's timing without knowing when it will come. And God will take you the time. You know, God told Abraham, you will become the father of many nations. And Abraham had no children. His wife was barren. That's what they called that. She didn't, she wasn't able to conceive children. And so Abraham waited on the Lord, but his wife, Sarah, got impatient. And so she got them in trouble, but God is still merciful. And so he allowed that to happen. But then Abraham, in the end, the promised child came. And that was Isaac. And so you you can read about that in Genesis. 
So if you're expecting a miracle, uh, you need to know with, uh, that God will provide. He will provide that. And if you're also trusting God's purpose without understanding the circumstances, he still will help you out. And you know that you need to uh, surrender to God. When you rely on God to work things out instead of trying to manipulate others, force the agenda, and control the situation, then God has the freedom to work it out. We need to surrender to him. You know, when I was at Rhema, we had some people who were my classmates who believed that when they had a need, they needed to go tell other people instead of telling God. So they'd walk around and tell people, I can't pay my rent this month, I can't do this, and I can't do that. And they call that walking by faith. But you see, when you walking by faith, you surrender to God. And you let God know your needs. And he will speak to the hearts of others, uh, himself. And you don't have to go around advertising your need. Because God has a way of taking care of us and uh, you know, there's a scripture in the Psalms that says, I've never seen the, the, the I've never seen uh, uh, the people of God forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. And so God will take care of your needs. He'll take care of your loved ones' needs. He is quite able to do that. So let's go back to that scripture that said, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So we need to surrender our hearts to God. We need to surrender our hearts to God. And even in our relationships and our friendships, whatever we're doing, we need to surrender uh, our hearts to God. Let God and we follow. We don't need to uh, edge others out. You don't need to demand your rights. You trust in God to work through those relationships. He'll work it out. So prayer changes things, starting with one who prays. The Bible tells us, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's Joshua 1 and 9. It's important that we not only that we not only pray to God, but that we also have faith. We gotta have faith to go along with that prayer. And our faith is in his promises to us. So when we look at his promises in scripture, we stand on those promises. And when the enemy tries to tell us that God is not gonna do, we just repeat that scripture. We just let that scripture roll around in our spirit and know that God tells the truth. He's not a man that he would lie. And it's important that we not only pray to God, but that we also have faith in his promises to us. A strong prayer life can transform you from the inside out. And I can tell you that. I can truly tell you that when I really developed a prayer life, a relationship with God in prayer, it changed my life. It's still changing my life, saints. 
is still changing my life because God is still hearing and answering prayers that I pray to him. And I'm so thankful that I know that. Once you know that you know that God hears you when you pray and that he does answer your prayers and that he does keep his promises. See, that's what we need to know. We got to have that information in order to have faith. So having a strong prayer life, Excuse me. Having a strong prayer life will propel you towards God. And you can find God in every circumstance by calling on him. <coughs> I mind you say, and trusting him. Trusting him. You know, we don't have trust uh, because most of us how could I trust in human beings and they have disappointed us? But it's time for us to know that God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would repent. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. And so with that said, I'm going to stop right here. And uh, I pray that you will continue to, to uh, seek to have a strong prayer life. Because that's going to get you through whatever you're going through. I know some of you all are having health challenges. I know you may be having some financial challenges. I know that some parents may be having challenges with their children. I know that some of us are having challenges on our job. But whatever is going on in our life, we need to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And so this morning, I had sent out a, a text saying that we were going to take communion. I don't know if you all remember to get your little cracker and your, and your juice. So uh, <coughs> I wanted us to take communion together. So you still have time. If you want to get just a piece of little dry cracker, and if you have some juice, it may not be grape juice, it may be orange juice, whatever it is, and join us as we take communion together. <coughs> Satan, I find you, he is really trying to shut me up, but I'm going to finish what God told me to do. So last Sunday was our Resurrection Sunday, I think. And we did not take uh, communion, but we're going to take it this morning. So if you just have a little juice or a little cracker somewhere, uh, we would invite you to join us as we take communion this morning. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, I believe is where I'm going. Uh so we're going to find that in the Bible. And uh,
verse 23. Yeah. Corinthians chapter 11. Thank you, Lord. Verse 23. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And it reads, For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes and then it goes on to say so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And the reason I'm reading that part is, is that a lot of people have a misunderstanding about the word. So where it says that... Uh, uh, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. They take that to mean that they are unworthy. Listen, we are all unworthy. The blood of Jesus, our acceptance of Jesus Christ makes us worthy. That's how we get worthy. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When we are not, uh, don't believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are unworthy. But when we receive him as our savior, we are made worthy by the blood and the body, broken body of Jesus Christ. So none of us are really worthy without Christ. That's what that means. So people use that as an excuse not to take communion. And it's a bad, it's a bad mistake for them not to do that because they need uh, they need to be able to acknowledge the crucifixion, the the the, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's how we do it. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that. And so nobody should exclude themselves for communion because they're not worthy. Because, honey, none of us are. And then the other part of this is that we want to make sure that our heart is clean by confessing <clears throat> our sins before we take partake of the, uh, the elements. And so that's where repentance comes in. 
So whatever we did wrong, we just need to ask God to forgive us. So there's a scripture in 1 John 1 and 9 that says that if I confess my sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So there we go. We get a chance to confess to God. And, you know, we're not going to confess to each other. We're going to confess directly to him. So, Lord, I'm praying right now over these communion elements of our sisters and brothers. And your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I'm asking, Father God, that you would cleanse us today of all unrighteousness. That you uh, would allow us, Father God, creating us clean hearts and renew right spirits within us, Father God. And let us uh, continue to serve you and have the forgiveness that you have given us over and over again. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise right now, Lord. Thank you. So with that said, we're going to take our elements. And the scripture says that uh, we need to understand that uh, we need to partake of the bread. And so he Jesus said, for I have, I have, the Apostle Paul wrote this book, for I have received the Lord, and what I have also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. So you have your little cracker, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're going to eat the bread. And then we're going to take the cup. And the scripture says, this cup is the new bread in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Let's partake of the cup. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Father God. Praise you for allowing us to sit at the Lord's table today and partake of the elements that represent the broken body and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ that he paid for us to have salvation on Calvary. And then he died and he was buried and he was resurrected on the third day. And we know that he sits at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for us right now. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Am
Amen. So praise the Lord, y'all. I appreciate every one of you who was in attendance today. I'm praying that this word that we uh, have today is uh, uh, going to bless your hearts and continue to bless you as this week goes on. And I pray that we will see you next week at the same time. So I'm going to ask Reverend Robeson to uh, lead us, close us in prayer. And I want you to have a beautiful day. And we'll see you next time. We do have prayer for those of you that have been with us. We do have prayer on Monday uh, nights at 7 p.m. through Zoom, this same uh, same link. And then we have uh, 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 Bible study on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. through this same link. And so we invite you to join us and then prayer again on Friday and Saturday evenings at 7. So y'all have a blessed day. It's been my pleasure to have you with us today. And thank God for each one of you. And continue to be blessed. Amen. 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 So uh, thank you for the message, Pastor. Uh, we can never hear too much about prayer, but I'm quite sure we heard several messages in that sermon this morning. So we're just going to thank you for that. And uh, we appreciate your teachings and just thank you. So Father God, we we thank you this morning, Father God. We thank you for everyone who attended. Father God, we Thank you for the message that went forth this morning, Father God, a message that we can carry with us, Father God, through the rest of our days, Father God, because we know prayer is the way to talk to you, Father God. Prayer is a way to, to get our, our things over to you, Father God, what we need, Father God. So we thank you for the message, Father God. We thank you for the messenger, Father God. We thank you for each and everyone here this morning, Father God, and for everyone that will join us later. We thank you for the families, Father God, that's represented here today, Father God. We ask the hedge of protection over each and every one of them as we carry through our week. We pray that you are there with us, Father God. And we just want to give you praise. We just want to give you honor. And we just want to give you all the glory because we know the glory belongs to you, Father God. So we thank you this morning, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, and everyone say amen. 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 Praise amen. God. God bless you, and thank you so much, Brother Bernice James, for joining us. I hope you'll continue to do so. Amen. So y'all have a blessed day. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. All right, Denise, good to see you, girl. Always yeah, good to I, see you. I'm going to take you up on what you said to me this morning. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, <laughs> sister. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a blessed week now. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 B